In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Happy New Year. It's good to see you all. And it's our first grapevine of 2019. It's, just, it's lovely to start new things. <clears throat> partially because there's an excitement about new things, and partially because we can put some things away, which means that we can um, put away the things that didn't go right, the bad things, the difficult things. But more importantly, and I've been focusing on this in the last couple of weeks, more importantly, take the good things with us. Because quite often when we talk about assessing ourselves, new starts, things we're doing, we talk about the bad things, the failures, the troubles, the obstacles, and we forget that there are good things. So I'm sure that in this past year, yes, I know I have <clears throat> done some things I would have rather not done or done some things that didn't work or done some things that weren't as successful as I thought. Um, but at the same time, I probably had some things that I would consider a success, some things that I consider good, some things that I think, even if they weren't 100%, I want to build on. So at this time, it's important for us to not only assess the things that we think were failures, but also to take with us the good things, the successes. Give thanks for them, for whatever they are, wherever they've reached, whatever level they've reached, give thanks for them, and then say, God will please bless this, because I want it to be better. And I suppose one of those things is our hearts and where our hearts are. So we, we, we constantly want to be better. And we know that our hearts are an indication of how our lives are going. So uh, do we love or do we hate? Do we cherish uh, or do we resent? Are we sacrificial or are we selfish? And so on and so forth. And all those things come from our hearts and the decisions we make. So how do we know what the state of our heart is? We don't know. We sometimes think, you know, some people will say, and this is sometimes with older people, they'll say, well, have you confessed? But, I mean, I'm a good person, I don't do anything wrong. And they actually mean it. This person thinks I don't do anything wrong. <clears throat> or on the, on the other hand, some people are constantly condemning themselves, thinking they do everything wrong. So I suppose just having a general indication is not enough. What is it that tells us how our hearts are? And I think it's a matter of looking at the product of the heart. Looking at the product of the heart. Matthew 15, 18. Those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. <clears throat> Those things that proceed from the mouth come from the heart. So one of the greatest indications to where our hearts are and how they are is our output. How do we speak? How do we interact with people? Are we kind? Are we gracious? Um, are, are, we, are we harsh? Are we cruel? Are we rude? What is it? 
how do we interact? People say, he's got a kind heart, but he just gets worked up. But you see, the indication is that, you know, the, the example I've given you before, you have a sponge, you squeeze it, what comes out? Whatever's in it. So if it's soaked up clean water, clean, crisp water, you squeeze it, clean water comes out. If, you, if you've soaked up muddy water, you squeeze it, muddy water comes out. And so we end up actually finding the most about ourselves at the times when there is pressure, at times when there is that stress. When I'm angry or upset, if I'm going to just burst out and say things and, and be uncaring and unkind and be unwise and I don't calculate how it comes across or what effect it has, or what impact it has, then am I really loving? Am I really caring? Am I really sacrificial? Am I really forgiving? Now, of course, we're going to have slip-ups. So I'm not saying that every time you fly off the handle, it means you're a horrible person. It means that at that time, the reality is that's what your heart looks like. You don't have to be a horrible person. But it means at that time, that is your raw state. And so what comes out of our mouths is really important. There's a trick there. And that is that sometimes, if we're able to stop just a little, even if my heart is filled with anger or resentment, it may not necessarily come out. Just take a breath. Just think. Before I squeeze that, that, that sponge with muddy water, just for a minute, think where it's going to splash and what impact it's going to have. Just think, when you squeeze, how far it's going to go. Maybe that'll stop us a little bit. The beautiful thing, and it's God's design, is that we can't see inside each other. That'd be a frightening thing, right? Imagine if everybody had insight into exactly what you were thinking and feeling at the time. It'd be horrible. People say, yeah, of course, that's what I want. Actually, no, you don't want it. Nobody wants it. Nobody wants that. Because you're never, ever going to always be popular. You're never, ever going to always be gracious and kind. Sometimes you're going to even be dishonest. Imagine if everything you did, everything you thought, was exposed in that. And how horrible that would be. And yet, God has designed us so that we are hidden and other people can't see in us. But at the same time, I can't see into other people. And they are hidden. So that's God's way of protecting us. Um, I'm, always, I'm always astounded at these new designs of houses where it's completely glass-fronted. Everything's glass. Your whole life is on display. How do you live like that? 
How do you live constantly exposed? Where do you get your privacy? Even if, even if nothing except people look in and they see your paintings and your books and your chandeliers and your... People just see your life. That's not how God's designed us. God has designed us so we have privacy. We can, of course, reveal of ourselves to one another. We can reveal how I'm feeling, what makes us tick, what we're interacting with, how we feel at that very point. And sometimes, you know, sometimes that glass-fronted house may be a little bit cluttered, but the curtains are closed, so the clutter gets put back in its place. The order is restored. So, of course we're all weak and we're all sinful. And of course, as much as we try, I keep being reminded of this, we keep being reminded not to speak of absolutes and, and, and philosophical extremes, because we all fail and we all fall. Because the last thing I want is for someone to be listening and think, actually, I'm not like that, so I don't have a pure heart, so I'm a really bad person. That's not, my, that's not my intention, because we all suffer these things to a certain extent, in a certain way, at a certain time, for various reasons. What I want to say is, even when you feel like that, even when you know that what's going to proceed from your mouth is not going to be really nice because your heart is not really nice there and then, at least keep those curtains closed. Don't squeeze. People don't need to know. People don't need to know that you don't like them. People don't need to know that you're not kind. People don't need to know that you're not generous or gracious. Just because you're having a bad day. Of course, there's a concept of honesty because you could say, well, actually, what about honesty? Why, why shouldn't we be open with each other? Of course we should. But you need to do that selectively. But I don't want to be hypocritical. I don't want to lie. You're not lying. There is a difference between lying and exposing everything to everyone. There are certain parts of our lives that are just our domain. It's my private life. Um, people say, well, someone asked me something. I just, I couldn't lie. Well, actually, you don't have to lie, but you can actually say, actually, I don't want to talk about that. Or avoid it in any other way. Protect your privacy. Likewise, don't squeeze that sponge. If you're not feeling that your heart is pure, don't be in a place where this sponge is going to be squeezed. For your sake, because you don't want that stuff to come out, and for everybody else's sake, who's going to be splashed by it? Proverbs 25 says, Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. But a man of understanding will draw it out. So when you have counsel in your heart, good things, wisdom, 
discernment, it, it's, it's deep water. It's there. Don't ever think it's not there. It's in the heart. But the man of understanding will draw it out. If you understand yourself, and if you understand who you are, you will find that deep water. You'll find that wisdom and that discernment. What does it mean? It means that <clears throat> if I understand myself for who I am and who God makes me and how I should be, then I will draw out of that understanding. I'll find it. You know, you look down a well and it's all dark. So you assume there's nothing there. You assume it's dark, it's empty, there's nothing there. But a wise man, a wise person, who understands, will drop that vessel as far as it needs to go to draw at that water. That goodness is there. That goodness is deep. It may be covered, but it's always there. And that's the image and likeness of God inside us. Yes, of course, it's, it's obscured sometimes. It's weakened sometimes. It's, it's even disfigured. But it's never changed. The image and likeness of God is beyond anything is beyond what this world can do to it because it is the image and likeness of God. It is something that is true and does not change. And if we're talking about the contents of our hearts, that's precisely what we're talking about. We're talking about the deeper part of the heart that doesn't change. The deeper part of the heart that is sincere and true, the deeper part in the heart of the heart that is fashioned after God Himself. Covered by lots of stuff, covered by lots of things. And so in this new year, let's look for those. Let's look for that deep part of ourselves. <clears throat> because we must know that it's actually there. Before I make my plans for the new year, I need to think who I really am. Because I can make lots of plans based on who I think I am. I can make lots of plans based on my perception of myself, my skewed perception of myself. And so it doesn't really work. Because I plan on a certain image that I have, but it's not the reality. The reality is, I am God. The reality is that even if I fail, even if I fall, that doesn't change. Nothing happens to me. Draw from the depth. When you're trying to assess yourself at the beginning of this year, don't just look at the superficial. Don't just look at the top of the well or even the middle of the well. If you're looking in and it looks absolutely empty and dark, 
keep looking. And sometimes our vision is obscured. So before I started wearing these lovely things, I, it's fine, read, but if I look at the fine print here, I can't read it. So I have to bring someone to say, what does this mean? And until now, if I've forgotten my glasses, <clears throat> I have to give it to somebody else and say, did you read this to me? I could pretend. I could pretend like I'm reading. Probably pretty disastrous if I did. Or I can just give up and stop looking. Or I can just take it as what I think it is. And so sometimes when we're looking into the well, we need other eyes with us. That's why we have people who are faithful to us. Our families, our friends, our loved ones, our confession father, our spiritual guide, who can look deep inside us and tell us who we really are and help us draw from that well. Now, our Lord Jesus Christ, when he met the Samaritan woman, said to her, woman, if you knew who it was who tells you to give me a drink, you would ask him, he'll give you living water. And so we have that living water inside us. We just need someone to remind us sometimes, someone to see it, someone to help us draw it out. Someone to be a fresh pair of eyes. People will tell you that uh, when, I'm, when I've written something, I'll always say, can someone read over this? Fresh eyes. Because there's nothing more annoying than reading something and going over it time and time and time and time and time again and then even not seeing the mistakes. Why? Because we're desensitized. And you know, the, the more tired we get, the more familiar we get, the less cautious we get. It's, all, it's a very well-known fact that when you're reading, apparently you only read the first and last few letters. And what's in the middle is irrelevant. And it's this word association that your brain plays. And that would explain a lot of my typing mistakes. Because I type, uh, I, I read like I write. So if you look at the way I write, you will have the first letter, and then a long scribble, and then maybe something at the end. I'm not kidding. And if I take notes, I, even I can't read them. <clears throat> but fresh eyes make you look at text and think, there's a mistake here. And there's something to correct there. And there's a repetition here. So have fresh eyes. Have, always have fresh eyes in your life. That, that is why you have your confession father and your spiritual guide. Fresh eyes. Because when we search our own hearts, if we're trying to see who we really are over this year, and if we search our own hearts, we will sometimes think that there's nothing good about them. That there's nothing really worthwhile or valuable. Back to Proverbs again, 2027. 20, the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. 
It's this thing about searching your heart again. And why? Why do you have a torch searching the inner parts, the dark parts? Because there's something to find. There's always something to find. Don't, don't, you know, if you don't find anything, look again. If you search your heart and you don't find goodness, keep digging. Keep looking. Get someone to come look with you. Get someone to dig with you. Because the more you dig, the more you look, the more you excavate, the closer you come to the reality of who you really are as the image and likeness of God. And that is what we want to start this year with. You know, sometimes when they do archaeological digs, they will get to a certain level and make an assessment. And then they'll dig a little bit deeper and they change the assessment. Then they dig deeper and they change the assessment again. Don't ever assess yourself on the most shallow part of you. Because the most shallow part, even in soil, is that which is exposed to the air, the elements, it becomes dry, it becomes polluted, it becomes hard. You keep digging until you find the true depth. So this year, as we start, we want to keep digging for that truth. We want to keep looking for the reality of who we are. We want to assess our plans for this year, not based on who we think we are or what the world tells us we are, but who we really are. Who we really are as the depth of God's image and likeness, as that deep well that has that beautiful living water, and as the children of God, with his breath, with which he gave us life, and the children of God with that life, who aspire to live with him now, through our own actions, through this year, the coming year, and who then aspire to live with him in his kingdom. And glory be to God.